bring her running stuff. Oh, she's doing cross country now too. Not cross country, but running club at school. Ugh, who the fuck likes running? I don't know. She she has friends in it, so she wanted to join. Two biggest mistakes of my life: chorus and cross country. <laughs> sounds like you were in chorus. Sounds like Ellie is on the same path. No, I wasn't in chorus. Oh, okay. I, was, I was in band. Like I can't sing. Yeah. Was zero singing capability in this voice box. I don't think that's true. No, it's none. It stinks. Maybe. I sound like that beast, that mongrel, when I try to sing. May yeah. as well be me making those noises. And then cross country. Yeah. You know, in, in middle school, when we would go to gym, sometimes you'd go and it'd just be fun. And you'd play stupid games like rag ball or dodgeball <laughs> or whatever. And other times, and you didn't really know when this was coming. There probably was a schedule, but I never picked up on it. You'd come into PE and they'd say, we're running the mile today. It's like, God <sighs> fucking damn it. And it's and like, was, how many times around that circle? Four? Well, if you're on a track, it's four. But Ugh. at my middle school, we didn't even have a track. So it was just <sighs> running around an asphalt playground up to uh -huh. a field and around. And they claimed it was a mile. And <sighs> I was pretty good at it mostly i don't even know why i think i just hated it and wanted to get it over with and i could oh. run in like seventh grade eighth grade i was running like i think my best was a six minute and 50 second mile and one of the coaches the middle school coaches said you should join cross country next year and i don't know why i agreed because i fucking hate running i fucking hated it maybe you felt good that you were being recognized you she, know so like i can go do something i feel good about but yeah she was a coach it. she was a coach that i liked and i also had a crush on her daughter that's probably <laughs> pam now it makes sense <laughs> yeah pam actually if you want to tie all this together pam was the girl who was going out with some other dude jody i think his name was and she's the one i would write notes to and put them in her locker but Instead of being forward, like I was too much of a coward to actually just speak to her. And I was too much of a coward to actually write notes as myself to her. So I created this elaborate fucking thing where I was writing on behalf of someone else and he was too scared to do so. And so he had me write the notes and deliver the notes. And at some point, my plan was, well, I'm going to pull the uh, 180 and then. He's going to say he doesn't like her anymore, but maybe, you know, through this whole process, Greg has started to like you and maybe you'd be interested in him. Uh -huh. And then I found out she was dating this other guy and I wrote a note as him with my left hand. I'm right handed. So I thought I'll mask my my handwriting oh and I'll break up with her as as the, the other, guy, as the guy she was going out with. Yeah. And uh. I don't know what I thought that she wouldn't talk to him about it. She would just read the note and say, okay, whatever. Right. She'd be so heartbroken. It'd yes. be like Carrie and big. And then I could come in I and say, what's wrong? This to me. What's wrong? Jody broke up with you. That's so awful. Don't talk oh, to him no. about it. He doesn't, he doesn't even know how to speak. He's a fucking, yeah, he doesn't deserve your tears. He's a crow mag. Don't ever talk to him again. Um, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I thought though. It all blew up in my face where, the one guy who I was writing for on the at first, 
who had no clue I was doing this, found out and confronted me. And then the boyfriend found out and confronted me. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get beaten up. It just didn't escalate to any of that. Maybe I was so pathetic once these people confronted me, they decided, uh, you know, it's not worth it. Let's leave this chump loser alone. And that's how I found myself on the cross country team. It's a really strange impulse. I mean, I would, I would, I would say imagining something like that would make sense. Like, just like what I've talked about before, where it's like when you're young and it's like the only way you're going to see somebody naked is if like you sneak into like, and there's a hole and you can like look through the hole and like porkies. Yeah, like something dumb, you know, like there's only I'm only going to ever feel a boob if she's asleep and doesn't know. <laughs> like, or if I put peanut butter in a plastic bag and put it in the microwave and warm it up a bit. That's what a boob feels like. Not, sure, I guess. Not crunchy peanut butter. Well, then they have breast cancer. Yes, I don't think, you know, whatever. Oh, no, I found a lump. <laughs> I don't anyway. find it to be a laughing matter. Quite. Frankly. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I thought we were having fun. I didn't think breast cancers. There's plenty of people who've had to suffer through that. Oh, my God. That's true. So anyway, continue. I didn't think about people. I was just thinking about a bag of peanut butter. Yeah. Go ahead. I only know that because I was I, I was uh, a friend of mine. Uh, her mom, I think, was an x-ray tech or something and brought something home from the hospital. And it was a boob like model thing. And it had a breast cancer lump in it. And you were supposed to like feel it. So you would know what it felt like on yourself. And so it reminded me of what you said, crunchy peanut butter. I guess similar with testicles, though I've never been brought a prosthetic testicle, so I don't mm -mm. know what what the lump would feel like. So let's just hope that it doesn't happen. That's that's my method instead of checking and being proactive. Yeah. Do you ever feel it's I mean, I guess you're always dudes just grab them to begin with. So maybe. Yeah. It, but do you ever like move them around? Not often, no. Yeah. I probably should do it more, and you're supposed to put a leg up on the side of the tub. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess you just get better access. You're supposed to do that, too. Like, in the, in the um, if you take out the little paper inside of a tampon box, it'll show a lady with her, you know, like, a little drawing of a lady with her leg up. <laughs> like, nobody's doing that. <laughs> and there's illustrations in condom boxes, too. Yeah, the condom box. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, yes. Thank you. I'm glad that you illustrated to me how to put this on. But who knows? People are idiots. Somebody... Well, people don't know to leave a little space at the top. <laughs> sure. I just, it's yeah. dumb. I guess yeah. you're right, but it's not that hard to figure out. Yeah. But if and somebody. I'm sure there's not a, if you don't leave a little space at the top, what do your percentages go down by like 0 0.02? That would be a good question. I feel like Efficacy. you really have to be going hard for it to actually break. I don't feel like they just randomly break. Like No, there's there's a flaw in it. Like it's defective in some way. Or Or you're drunk and you can't get off and you've been having sex for an hour and the woman's sick of it and you know, she is dried up a bit and you're like, No, 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 I'm almost there and you insist on going still and you start yeah. going faster than the thing rips. But I don't, this is not based on any experience. This is just common knowledge, common sense. Sure. 
that's uh, that would make sense. That's the way it would rip. Um, but you were saying I don't before, even think then I don't even think then it would rip. I think if it did rip, I think a lot of like people saying that the condom broke is them like taking it off secretly so that they can get off and then oh, it broke. Yeah, scumbag deeds. Yeah, scumbag so you... is a condom, a used condom. <laughs> is it? Yeah, the word scum yeah, is cum. And then the cum bag, scum bag, is a used condom. I never put it together. Now I know. Mm -hmm. Now I use the word even more with even more oomph. Right, vigor, because now you know the true meaning. <laughs> so you, so uh, you probably lost your train of thought from whatever the hell we were talking about before. Oh, yeah. But, you know, cross-country and chorus, stay away, not not valid paths chorus possibly if you can sing but then you have to be the person who the rest of the chorus hates because you're the one who says i'll do the solo i'll have the solo give the solo <laughs> to me and then when you're in elementary school i don't think it's like that i guess we all had to do chorus in elementary school i remember singing for our parents moving right along foot loose and fancy free that was <laughs> what, what for what moving right along. That? I don't know. That's what it's called. Moving right along. Foot loose and fancy free. That's all I know. Take I want, me I to the bathroom and cover me with your pee. <laughs> what is this song? Moving right along. Oh, by Fozzie? Oh, yeah. Was it sung oh. by, the, by uh, the Muppets? Yes. Foot loose and fancy free. Getting there is half the fun. Come share it with me. We had to sing this. We'll learn to share the load. <laughs> we don't need a map to keep this show on the road. Do you remember gonna... it now? Yep, certainly is. Yep. Terrific day for a drive. Yeah, it's beautiful country out here. Oh, just get to it already. Seeing America. <laughs> In search of good times and good news With good friends you can't lose It's quick become a habit Opportunity I think you have a group of Fourth graders Actually maybe it was It was probably younger than that I think part of it was like the dedication to our new Elementary school Because I had gone to kindergarten Part of first grade at Big Shanty Elementary then they opened Baker And like we're moving over Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ, and hopefully you can't hear the music that's being blasted downstairs by my neighbor. Oh, it's happening now? Yeah. I can't hear it now. It's not as loud as it was before I started recording, but uh, I think it's Mumford and Sons. <laughs> yeah. He's the kind of guy who would listen to Mumford and Sons, which I don't I even mean, know what that means. What is Mumford and Sons isn't bad. <laughs> if you were to ask me what that meant yeah i don't i couldn't actually articulate it's like you know, well, what kind of guy would listen to mumford and sons um one who's lame but thinks it's good music i think that's what i would say yeah i think uh it doesn't mean that you're necessarily that guy but i understand who you mean when you say he's a guy that listens to mumford and sons like maybe he would go to like speakeasies and he has like a mustache <laughs> no he's a divorced dad and he's my landlord's brother 
Oh no! He's probably he's a sad dad. He's probably fifty, <gasps> if I had to guess. It could be late forties. I don't look. I don't want to make him too old. Let's say forty-eight for the sake of this conversation. Could be forty-seven for all I know. But I think he's the older brother of my landlord, and my landlord's probably a couple years older than me. A couple years older than me, and owns property in a fancy neighborhood in Brooklyn that he <laughs> okay. apparently that he apparently didn't pay that much for. In 2000. Wait, your landlord? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I looked it up once because all this stuff is public record. And I was like, what did he pay for these two buildings? Because there's one building in the front on the street. There's a courtyard and a building in the back where I live. Yeah, that's a lot. And considering what it's worth today. Wow. What an investment that guy made. What did he, what did he pay? Uh, if I recall... 600 something thousand 600 wow. something thousand dollars where it's now probably worth several million yeah wow in 2000 so, when i don't remember the exact year it was i think you said 2006 or 16 it, uh, it wasn't it wasn't 16 it would have yeah, been six okay. could have been earlier because i was 600 thousand i'm not sure if i'm getting the six oh the six added in there <laughs> yeah. but it was somewhere around that time wow and yeah Wow. If only I could have done such a thing, then I'd be rich myself. Yeah, you are and, rich. And he's got a wife, and I think four kids now, and they live in four? an apartment. Yeah, she. For yeah. some reason, I thought they only had two. Well, they just had a baby. Oh. Look the way I said that. A baby. They just had a baby. <laughs> and my fear is. Because there's so much value in this building, they're going to look around and say, what the fuck? Why are we living in this small space when we can sell this place for millions of dollars and go get a, a house all to ourselves? And then they'll sell it to some shithead landlord who will come in and say, I don't like the rent you're paying. I'm doubling it. And that would be that. That'll be the end of it. But aren't there some laws about that? No. There, If it's a rent-stabilized building, which this right. one is not... Rent stabilized is built before a certain year and has more than four apartments. It may, yeah, it's more than four apartments. So this one doesn't match. Oh, okay. But I didn't know, like, if somebody could come in and just say, we're going to increase it by this percentage. And I thought yes. maybe they would say, you're not allowed to increase it by that much. No, I live in a fair market apartment. They could oh. kick me out at any time. They could say, after this lease is done, you're not getting renewed. Oh. Whereas... Whereas rent stabilized, they can only raise it a certain percentage every year, which is mm -hmm. set by a, a city board. And you can't, you have to offer people lease renewals as long as they're like up to date with their rent. You can't kick people out, which I'm for protections as a renter. Sure. I do understand that's kind of strange though, as a landlord, as a person who owns property, you're being told uh, it's your property, but those people who live there, you can't get rid of them and you can't, you can't charge them more than yeah. this set amount. Now with the rent stabilized, what happens because of that shitty landlords try to force people out. Uh, sometimes they'll offer to buy them out. They'll say, Hey, we'll give you $20,000. Or in the case of my friend Philip, who had this great apartment in Williamsburg. It was only two apartments and a Chinese food restaurant at the bottom. And I remember when he moved in, it was two bedrooms, really great price. His lease was up 
And the landlord was really apologetic, said, oh, I have to raise your rent. I'm so sorry. Uh, and they raised it like $25. And I laughed <laughs> at that. And I said, you should try to get like a five-year lease. So you, yeah. can really, so you can really lock this in. And the next time I talked to him, he said, uh, well, I asked him, I said, did you get a five-year lease? He said, no, I got a six. <laughs> so he got a six-year lease. And next door to this building, there was an empty lot. So you knew a developer at some point was going to right. want to come in. So while this wasn't a rent-stabilized building because it only had two apartments, since he had a six-year lease, yeah. the developer had to buy him out or wait. I think at that point, it was still like four years left on the lease. And I think they gave him like $125,000 to leave. Wow. And let him live there rent-free until they were ready to kick him out. So I think he got like six months free rent or something. Wow. I know. And with with rent-stabilized buildings, similarly, especially if a person wants to sell the building, new owners come in. You want to get people out because when people are out, then you can rent the apartment for whatever the market dictates the apartment will go for. Yeah. And then once a new person comes in, then it's locked in again at like whatever incremental increases every year. But you can at least make that jump once it's vacated. So they'll offer to buy people out or if they're really shitty and this happens more often than it should, which is never landlords come in and say, Oh, we're going to do some repairs and they smash up someone's kitchen and then they don't fix it. They just leave it. Well, they can't or, do that. They will do that. And because they're trying to force them out, they're trying to make no, it know, so but miserable. Isn't, is there, there are some rules about what an, uh, the owner of an apartment landlord has to provide specific things. There are. But there are landlords who challenge it and some maybe aren't as egregious as like you're saying, there's amenities yeah. you need to provide. Though kitchen isn't actually one of them. There's heat. What? No, there's plenty of apartments without kitchens. Oh, just a hot plate. But if you signed a lease that includes a kitchen. If it's in the lease, sure. I don't know. Well, I don't think it's in the lease, but it's like you've signed a document the, expecting just, certain things and they can't just come in and take those things away slowly while you just I keep paying if, the same amount. If a kitchen's not guaranteed in the lease, I don't think it matters. I don't think you can say, well, I signed this lease and I should have a kitchen. It's like, does it at least say you should have a kitchen? So if it's not there, which mm -hmm. as an aside, as an aside, did you know in Germany when you rent apartments, apparently they don't come with kitchens? What do you meaning, mean? Meaning there's space for a kitchen, uh -huh. but having all the appliances and the, the cabinets and the counters is something that you invest in as a renter. And when you move, you tend to take it with you. Whoa. Interesting. A very strange quirk of renting in Germany. Now you can offer to leave it and right. like cut, cut some deal with the next tenant. But apparently, because this is the way it goes, people like to customize their kitchens. And uh, some people don't want it. Like, no, you take your fucking kitchen. Yeah, I want my, ki I want my stove on this side. I've got, I've got my own kitchen to bring in. <laughs> yeah. it just seems like such a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, another thing to move. A fridge and a stove. Man, just cabinets and then having to hang the cabinets. Uh, horrible. No, thank you. No, thank you. But no to wrap danke. up. Yes, very good. You should go <laughs> to Germany and you can speak to them in their native tongue. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> Even though what you said wasn't no, thank you. you what used, is it? You used no. Yeah. You did say thank you, but you used the English word no. And I don't, because no is nine. 
Oh, right. Duh. So how would you say no thank you in German? I don't know. Use the Google Translate. Let me just... No, thank you in German. Oh, nein danke. There you go. Nein danke. Simple enough. So to or wrap up that thread. Leader nine means unfortunately no. <laughs> to wrap up that thread, there have been a few landlords that have gone to jail for this kind of behavior. Sure. But I think a lot more get away with it. I was watching a Judge Judy where a lady, she was a landlord, and she is a really interesting, uh, is interesting to watch because uh, she was the, the landlord was the, was the plaintiff and she was suing her tenants because they were living uh, in a rent to own place. They had lived there for four years. And they were supposed to buy the property for like $135,000. And then four years into it, the lady, the landlord comes and like does a little assessment of the house and then probably had it appraised or like realized that the, um, she could get more for it if she sold to somebody else. Cause she had like locked herself into this price. She wanted to sell it. She's like, okay. Um, because of all the, uh, little changes that you have made to the property, uh, now the price has gone up to one hundred and seventy-five thousand. Because like, the person uh, invested in the property, because they put their own money into the property. Property. Well, well, they did, but she, the landlord, was saying that they did it improperly and like it wasn't done well or like legally or something. Well, who gives a shit if you're selling it and it's their their problem at that point? She was just trying to get out of it so that she could sell for more money. So then, um. They were like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. And she was like, oh, okay, well, then I'm going to raise your rent. And they were like, no, we locked into this thing for 135000 Like, we're buying it. And she was like, that's too bad. And so uh, they moved and they got a house and they were able to, like, put the down payment right away because that was another thing that the landlord was saying was, like, they, don't have, they didn't have any money. Like, they couldn't get the funding or whatever. And um, but just watching the landlord and how pissed she was, like. You could just tell in her body language and it, like the faces she would make. Like she had real tight lips and she was like, <laughs> well, they didn't do anything. You know, like she just had this way of behaving that like she was like a powder keg to me, you know. And I was like, man, she's going to fucking lose. And she did <laughs> because, hey, you can't do that. Like even Judge Judy was like, are you insane? Are you nuts? What was the you settlement was here, though? Because Judge Judy is usually small claims. This is like a whole house. Oh, I think. I forget what I, I don't remember what the landlord was asking for. Because she sold it like three days after her tenants moved out to like an investment somebody. For like five thousand dollars more. But I don't remember what they were asking for. But it was just really interesting and in how like this person was in front of a judge trying to claim that she was in the right as a landlord for like wanting to up the price on these people who had signed in to buying it for a certain amount. And she was like, sorry, I know I can get more now. So you're going to have to pay more. And they're like, no, we don't have to pay more. And she was like, yeah, you do. And I'm totally right about that. <laughs> well, she got that life changing money, $5,000. And after you factor in the fees, it probably was an additional 4,000 because some fees yeah. came out of that 5,000. What, I did, people are so fucking greedy 
That's that what I mean. It was it's just so strange. Like you're pursuing this? Like relax. Like, They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like something like five thousand dollars. If I'm selling a property. Oh, maybe I'm sorry. Maybe maybe it was because maybe she was suing them because she wasn't able to get what she was thinking that she would be able to get because of the changes that they made or something. Well, still. Yeah, but still, I'm just saying. If it was if 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 what you're saying is they had an agreement in place and a contract that was signed to buy this place and she went back on that, then fuck her. And it sounds like the Stephen Shelley incident, Stephen Nash of the game that I talked about on the show before the guy sublet from years ago when I first moved (laughs) to New York, who is part of Mysteries Womanizer Club, (laughs) who had his own dating service. I'll teach you to lay women. I was like, oh, those are his words, not mine. Lay? Yeah, I'll teach you to lay women. Look at me. I'm a bad looking dude with nasty, gangly, yellow teeth and greaseball hair. And I lay women all the time. So oh, I hate money. the use of that lay. <laughs> like, lay- I, I understand getting laid, but like to then turn it into like, I guess is that a verb <laughs> I, to lay a woman. <laughs> he was, Ew. he was, uh, and again, I've told this story, so I'll keep it short, but he moved to New York. Philip, the guy who got paid $125,000 eventually to move out, moved with me. We sublet an apartment for a few months just to get on our feet. And he was paying, he was charging us more than he was paying. I knew that. I also didn't know it was illegal at the time, but I didn't care. It's like, whatever, we're paying this for a couple months so we can get on our feet and we'll get the hell out of here. Guy had this apartment, which was rent stabilized, as we were talking about, where he's only paying $1,600 a month and it can only go up a certain percentage every year. He's making money off of it. He's moved out years ago and he keeps it, which is illegal. So he can use it as a source of income, which when you're the dating coach who was under mystery, the man with the dumb hats, who looked like Jamiroquai on VH1, you know, you're probably not making too much money. So similarly, when we moved out, then the next tenant backed out and then he was going to lose that, that income. Right. And he tried to sue us to get our deposit back, claiming that we left the apartment the apartment in disarray, even though we were given the deposit back. So fuck him. And through the law, I found out what he was paying. And then I found that I could sue him for three times the amount he ever charged us. And I rubbed it in his face, though I didn't go through with it, which I should have. What do you mean you didn't go through with it? I could have oh, the, pursued the it. I just suing him. Yeah, I just used yeah. it to get him off my back. I was like, leave me alone and get your lame ass lawyer out of here. Stop sicking him on me with his strongly worded emails and certified mail. <laughs> I feel like those things are fake. <clears throat> what? The certified I feel like I could mail? send. Yeah, I could. St- I could do that. I could send a certified letter with some letterhead of a law firm to anybody sure. and say, stop that. <laughs> yes. At some level, though, I don't know. It's probably not illegal to impersonate a lawyer like it is uh, in a law enforcement <laughs> officer. But I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what the laws are surrounding that. Either. I should ask a lawyer. Yes. We'll reach out to Stephen Shelley. Scumbag extraordinaire. When I was a landlord, which I didn't want to be a landlord, but I bought that house in Atlanta in Cabbage Town in 2005 for $192,500. Mm-hmm. Interest only 80-20 mortgage, making $38,000 a year and having zero in savings, so no money down. <laughs> What a fucking stupid, 
just looking back at that time of my life, the fact that I took the job at 99X for $38,000, they're offering me the night shift. And I just said, okay. I didn't even ask for more. What the yeah. fuck? You don't was, know any better. I'm scared they'd take it away. Absolutely. Like, oh. You're in a position. You're young. It's the first time you're getting, you know, a big old chunk of money for something that you think you would do for free. And then you buy a house with it that you really shouldn't yeah. have. And then you think, I'm going to live in this house for a few years in this neighborhood that's getting popular, but I'm going to move to New York. Then I'm going to sell it and make some money. That in itself wasn't a bad idea. And it was a good no. plan. Except for the fact I didn't know that 2008 was coming uh, with all those subprime mortgages like the one I had crashing the market, housing market goes to shit. And then you have a, a mortgage that has a balloon payment after 10 years and that 10 year mark's coming. You've been renting it out to your sister and your friends for what you pay on it, not making money off of it because you're a decent person. And uh, that 10 years, tick, 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 tick. It's like, fuck. I can't refinance this because I'm freelancing and I'm not making that much money because I've been a lazy fucking bum who's been buying pills from a dude I <laughs> right. work with. It's like, I got to sell it. I got to get rid of it. And the housing market hadn't fully recovered at that point. So uh, a friend got it for, I think, speaking of $5,000, $5,000 more than I paid. And then who knows what it's fucking worth now? 400000 500000 Well, we looked it up, didn't we? Yeah. I don't want to know. Okay. I don't want to know. Being a landlord sucked, though. I don't want to be a landlord. Anyone who wants to be a landlord as a fucking business venture is out of their mind. Oh, I kind of want it. It's, I would you be think a it's fun? Well, I don't know. Like, what, what, what's appealing about it? Uh, the sort of somewhat passive income, I guess. Yeah, but if, if you find the right tenants mm-hmm. who pay on time and don't destroy things. <laughs> yeah then I think it can be okay. But especially if you're an owner that has multiple properties, especially in New York, if you have buildings and you have multiple tenants per building. It's got to be a fucking nightmare because people are shitheads and there are people who complain about everything mm-hmm. and things are always broken, especially in these old buildings, like the house in Cabbage Town. Jesus Christ. I knew what I was getting into when I bought it, but I was... The plan was, again, to live there, fix things up as I lived there, mm-hmm. sell it. Not, oh, now I own this thing and it needs constant fucking repair. The, the porch detaches and it's a historic <laughs> district, so you have to pay to have that done, you know, correctly. Special, yeah. The siding's old as fuck and it has to be wood siding because it's a historic district, so it's going to have to be replaced again in another 10 years or something. It's not... Uh, no, but now, do you think it, it's something you could handle? Because no. maybe not at, you know, 22, you couldn't handle it. No, I don't think whatever income you're generating off of one house is maybe worth it. Mm. Uh, I guess if you own it outright, then it's all outside of taxes and repairs. It's all profit. It's all, it's all profit, but it's a fucking lot of work. And, you know, my landlord now, I get he lives in the front building he's got these other spaces and it's like all right sure you rent these out because what are you going to do with them otherwise sure um and you're on the property yeah and he one i don't ask him for much and i fix things myself Mm -hmm. for the most part um but when i've needed things he's attentive and he fixes them and uh you know he's very picky on who moves in because when I talked to the real estate broker, mm-hmm. it was an inter- it was like an interview because before I could even see the place. 
It's like, well, I'm I'm obviously screening you. I'm not letting anyone in. What kind of interview was it? Like, what did they ask you that would be different than other places? What's the thing? Most places, they don't. you just, hey, I see this apartment's for rent. Can you show it to me? Sure, let's do it on this date and time. That's it. Oh, okay. Like, that's the, this was, hey, let's jump on the phone. Let's talk for 15 minutes. You know, it was more of a conversation, but huh. I could tell with the things we were talking about that he was doing a bit of screening. And I wish I could remember the details. Like, it wasn't anything illegal. Like, are you white? Because I don't, <laughs> also, also, I don't think that that, that would have mattered. Like, that's not what he was getting no, at. No, I, I would it was more not. like Yeah, it was more like rental history and, <clears throat> you know, job and what even like the kind of tenant you've been, what kind of person you are. It's like, do you mm-hmm. person like that fucking parties? Like, if I were 21. Oh, yeah. It probably would have been no go. It's like, no, nah, I don't want a 20 year old dude living there. Well, especially, yeah, you've got a family next door, which is yourself. Like you're as the landlord, <laughs> your, your family is next door. Yeah. Now he's got, you know, his brother. And I was going to say, did he go through the same vetting process? Cause he's listening <laughs> to Mumford and sons and banging chicks. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't bring that up on the show yet. I just mentioned that oh. before. Uh, yeah. He bangs this one chick. And oh, just one. She's so fucking loud. It sounds fake. It's so, it's not real. The way that she screams throughout is not real. No She's screaming? It's like just yelling. If you didn't know that maybe you think someone's being attacked. But <laughs> it's like, oh no, I guess those are moans of joy. Unless he's just got like a, a fucking V8 piston of a dick and it hurts her. Or something <laughs> like, like that. <laughs> And then, then maybe that's where it's coming from. Otherwise it's not ecstasy. It's not because it's not, it's, it doesn't seem real. I don't know. Maybe there is someone out there. It's like, I just did ah, uh, the whole time nonstop for whatever the seven and a half minutes it goes on. It's like, it's like, okay, enough is enough. I hate having to hear this. Good for you. Uh, I wonder. Good for you. Do divorce. they listen to Mumford and Sons while they fuck? No, I haven't. Those two haven't come together yet. Okay. Those two haven't come together. <laughs> and I mean, then, Mumford and Sons is a sexy sounding group. Like their songs are, you know. A banjo. Sexy. Yeah, I guess. They have a really good video. Have you seen their Hopeless Wanderer video? No. It's really funny. It has like, um, oh, shit. It has Andy Sam. Nope, not Andy Samberg. No, no, no. Uh, I can't remember who's in it. It has all these like comedians that are playing them, like playing the band and they're singing and then they I'll send you the video. It's a really good video. It doesn't sound like uh, it's no OK go. Let's say that. No, it's not that. It's a different thing, but it's still it's it makes me feel like uh, oh, Mumford and Sons has a really good sense of humor. Because it's a fun video. <laughs> Did OK Go stop making videos because they just realized that we can't keep we can't <laughs> it takes them the like one. four years to plan everything. Yeah, the treadmill video and then the Rube Goldberg machine and then the in the plane that dive bomb so you can be floating like you're in Oh, there's space. a billion more. There's like the the drone one. <laughs> just, That's, they're really good videos. I mean, they're incredible. Yeah, there's clearly a lot of planning. The one where they and, do it all backwards, I think. Or like the one where like they do the whole video in like three seconds or something. And then they slow it down and the whole it's wild. Then there's the one that was like plays with perspectives. Oh, I love that one. There's a lot. Okay, that goes Go in. is so cool. I don't listen to any of their music. <laughs> their videos. But you watch are really the videos. Cool. Yeah. 
Like there's so much outside of the things that they have to do on camera, just the the stuff the camera has to do. And yeah. Be in the right place at the right time and whoever. And it's all pulled. one take. Yeah. So they can't even there. There can be no errors. I would just give up. I, it's, not, it's like, I'm done. Look, that that was cool. I'm glad we did this stuff. But Jesus Christ, I don't have the energy for it anymore. I don't want to. I don't. Oh, as a band member? Yeah. Like the one. <laughs> Do we have to make another fucking crazy video? <laughs> the one where they're floating. Apparently they did that so many times. Like people are getting sick. And they're just going. And how much does it cost to take that plane up and to keep shooting? And you only get a package a, deal. <laughs> you only have a few seconds at a time to shoot because, you know, the plane has to be. Uh, well, I mean, that's what they did with the. Uh, yeah, that's what they that's what they did with um, Apollo thirteen, didn't they? They shot up. They shot the scenes in that film in that plane. That makes sense. Yeah. So if Tom I, Hanks can do it, the guys from OK Go can do it. <laughs> I think I wondered at some point how they shot those scenes, and then I just never looked it up. Oh yeah, that's how. It's like how did they float? Eh, who cares. It's a shame that they don't get to go to the moon. Oh, they were so bummed. And then they were like sick and stuff. It was so not fun. Close. It was a fun trip. So close yet. I'd be like, so not fun. only did I not get to go to the moon, which has been my dream, I also like had a miserable experience and thought I was gonna die. That sucked. <laughs> yeah. I would have maybe crash landed in the moon. I said, I'm going no matter what. I'm going. You all. I'm taking you bitches with me. <laughs> we're gonna die on the moon. I'm gonna set foot on the moon. That's right. So, the last thing i do which it he died be. doing what he loved and then my other neighbor just to wrap this up here is a very famous comedian i can't even say their name they're so famous and they have Ooh. a very regarded stage show currently where they play mary Lod mary todd lincoln on stage that looks fun i would go see that and then they get packages from amy sedaris which is so cool i'm impressed and then I look up Amy Sedaris's address on Google Street View mm -hmm. to see what kind of building it is. And then I look at the listings at on Street Easy to see how much she paid. And look, it's expensive, but it's not a not a very big apartment. Good for her. That's the way to do it. Goes to show you can be a famous person like Amy Sedaris and still get very little with your money here in New York. Well, that's true. But also maybe it's that, you know, you don't need a lot. And that's fine. I would be fine with this. I'm fine with my space now if it if, if it wasn't for the kids needing another room. Yeah. What are you going to do there? I don't know. I've thought about it um, a lot and it's hard because. So I could try and move to a three bedroom here somewhere, but a then you got to move and that sucks. Um, and How much more are they? Yeah, it's probably way more expensive and i could probably get into a townhouse for a similar price and rent the whole townhouse you know um and have more space but um and you gotta buy more furniture oh yeah well I don't know. that's down the line you can live without some furniture for a while i have furniture so i could have what i have now but anyway yeah. so yeah i don't know and then i was thinking well as time goes on you know, maybe they just like, as once they really need their own space, maybe they would spend nights wherever they wanted, you know, whether it was my house or Trav's house. And they could have separate bedrooms because they have separate bedrooms over at his house. Which is close within walking distance. Oh, yeah. It's what it's right around the corner. It takes Are they like, able to walk themselves yet? 
<laughs> they are, but Ellie gets scared. About what? I don't know. She has anxiety. Poor thing. But what's the what does she express what the fear is? Is someone gonna kidnap her, attack her, an animal gonna get her? I probably all those things. You know, it's like the the when you're when you're young and you start to freak yourself out about it being dark, you know, and like just something is gonna happen, you know? So she's just afraid to go by herself. I mean, I, she'll I guess... do it during the day and she'll be okay. And she's gone off on her bike before by herself or like to meet up with friends or something. So I don't know. It's just sometimes she's just, she's got anxiety. You can't like reason with that. I mean, I do think back to being a kid and hanging out at one of my friend's houses and, you know, the rules like, all right, when it gets dark, street lights mm -hmm. come on, time to go home. And the distance, the ride back from his house to my house seems so far as a kid. When I got older, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's honestly like six houses away. It uh -huh. was, it was not like I sure there was an mean. there was an intersection in between but it wasn't that far away I was uh -huh. like, man that used to seem so far for I sure i remember from my house to the front of my neighborhood felt really far it's yeah, like it's nothing it's like two streets <laughs> <laughs> one two so i get it i understand yeah and this fear because we're told that strangers are bad and they're gonna oh you they're not afraid of that our neighborhood you know it's all good it's not that now how many of the people do you know uh, I know, uh, I know pretty much all of my neighbors, That's even nice. in the other buildings. Do you and talk then to them? all the neighbors, what's that? You hang out? Do you talk? You hang out? <laughs> Do you have meals? Do you get drinks? Do you have no, potluck no. dinners? Say hi and like talk, you know, for a second. And like, I have, um, me and my neighbor right beside each other. My, my neighbor, Miss Jackie, who I share a wall with here in the closet. Her kitchen is right next to me. Like I can always tell when she's microwaving something or like cooking something, I can smell it. She runs her disposal. <laughs> um, she and I have each other's keys. And if one of us isn't home, we'll say like, Hey, can you run in the house? And like, or like she's come in when I'm not home before and like taking maple syrup, you know, like taking my ketchup because wow. she needs it for something. I'm like, okay. Wow. What a nice dynamic. Yeah, it's really nice. And then, <clears throat> and then, yeah, uh, even and all the people in the townhomes over there, like we all know each other. So it's a little community. So it's not, nobody's afraid of that. And I really, I haven't really done a lot of talking to them about stranger danger. Uh, it's hard because like, I don't want to freak them out. But I also want to tell them like, yo, you know, my, I have those big windows in my living room that face right out into the parking lot and Ellie will come out like naked because she's going to change or something, or she's gotten out of the shower and she's being silly and running around or something. And I'm like, you can't come out here. <laughs> you can't like, you can see right in here. Like she, it's like, I need to teach her shame. <laughs> I don't want to teach her shame. I and I, I I don't I'm not teaching her shame, but I'm like there are people that are bad people that want to see you in here naked, so don't put that out there. Shame should be taught more often. I think there's not enough shame in the world these <laughs> days. If there were, people would act very differently. But so many people seemingly have no shame. Now I agree with you. It's like don't shame a person like for their body and being naked but right. so maybe it's yeah. not shame but there's a reality it's like oh, they're creeps who are really going to mm -hmm. like the fact that you're nine and naked 
So, mm-hmm. and there may not be many of them, but there are some. And right, you don't want to find in, them. They don't want you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering we live in an apartment building where we don't know uh, all the people because there's so many, and that's impossible. Sure. It's like yeah, you know, you never know. You never know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the guy who lives in the next building with his plants and his woodworking outside. I don't know what he does on his own. Look, it clearly happens enough since mm-hmm. there are, you can go on any sex registry and find child offenders. Oh, but you know what is really nice? We live within walking distance of two schools, so I don't think anybody who has a sex offender record could live here. I feel like there's ways around it, though. Yeah. Because there's schools and parks everywhere. Maybe someone else rents the place and their name. I know you're right. You're right that if they're applying, I guess, with the background check, you're going to find that out and say, "Uh uh-uh, you can't live here. I'm sorry. But yeah. And you have to like, I guess, don't you have to like register where you live? I guess you can get away with that. Maybe if you just don't tell them, you know, it's probably on your record, though. I I think yeah. a background check is going to bring it up. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Who knows how long it stays on there. But how would you like to be the, the one apartment complex that <laughs> is the correct distance away from parks <laughs> and schools? <laughs> Shit. That's <laughs> where all the so sex I think you can live within the You can live close to a park. It's just not a school. Because I'm oh. looking at my thing, my little circle here. And everyone's on the very edges away from all these schools. It's probably a local thing then for New York. Mm. Like you can't even go on a playground if you're an adult and you don't have a kid. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, look, as a woman, you could go and sit there and probably nobody would say anything. Well, yeah, yeah. And even I could probably, like if I kept showing up. Like, why mm-hmm. does this guy keep showing up and he has no kid? Um, and even if I were up to nothing, it's just a bench I like to sit on. You know, I think it would be a little more noticeable than if mm-hmm. you showed up every single day. But it is a shame that because of pervs, they have to put laws like that into effect. But at the same time, what the fuck do I care? I don't want to hang out at a playground, so I'm not, <laughs> right. I'm not losing out on anything. Yeah. So I don't give a shit that the law is there. It's like, sure, because I do not want to be around that madness, that scream, that just constant sound of a group of kids on a playground. Yeah, it can be a little like the the steady noise. <laughs> like once you mix it all together and whatever that stasis that you achieve is as a kid. Of like the the noise they make when they're all oh. screaming and yelling and talking together, and there's so many of them, there's no break in it. Just what that noise like? Oh. It is kind of cute though. Like sometimes I'm I'm a real creep. Speaking of creeps, and I drive up like if I'm driving somewhere or driving home from somewhere, and I'm passing by the school, I'll pull in because the kids are at uh, at the playground like during recess. Sometimes I watch them. Like it's so cute, but I'm looking for my kids. Like is it Ellie's class or is it Pete's class? And if it's nobody I know, then I leap. But if it's Ellie or Pete, sometimes I watch them. That's fine. I get that. Yeah, so cute. Especially like them not knowing I'm there. 
And it's like, uh, well, that, that's getting a bit creepy. Well, no, it's cute. I just, I, it's like, an, like I, I like observing them in their little natural environment. Like, look at Ellie. She's like running from place to place. It's better when they don't know that I'm there. <laughs> hiding in a bush up in this tree. <laughs> yeah, I go with like a trench coat and glasses and a hat. Hello. I feel like I should know. Now, granted, like my landlord's kids outside of the baby that was just born, they're either close to being teenagers or teenagers. So it's not like I'm going to be overly friendly with them. But I do think it's strange. Like we've we've been living here in July. It'll be three years. Mm -hmm. I don't know them that well. Not that it should be close to them, but it feels like there should be. Because I think about being a kid and in the neighborhood, you knew the neighbors and like right. you'd ride your bike and the old man who was nice would wave and the old man who hated you because he was the nasty old man would like scoff. But yeah, yeah. you always knew who people were. It's like, I don't even know their names. I don't think they know my name. Hmm. Uh, I'll say if I pass, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Well, I mean, they're kids. What about Again, like, the, not... yeah, what about your neighbor, like your landlord himself? Like, do you guys ever see each other, hang out or anything? No, we don't really hang out. Like, we, we've had... Do you borrow stuff from each other? Like, do you have an insulgo? No. Oh. And also, you don't necessarily borrow things because if I needed sugar, uh, the walk to the, my neighbor's apartment, my landlord's apartment is about the same as the walk to the bodega. So oh, okay. You just go get what you need. <laughs> it's like, oh, we need that. Okay. I'll go get it. It's probably shorter too than knocking on the door and then having yeah. to ask and them getting it for you. Um, I've had extended conversations with him, like out in the courtyard. And when we renewed our lease last year, I was trying to regrow the grass, and he said oh, that's something. right. And he said something about like having a beer out there, but it's never come to fruition. Oh. Now his brother lives downstairs, who's going to want our apartment because our apartment's so much better than his. I know this for a fact because I've been in that apartment when the people who previously lived there moved out and he's going to be press pushing his brother probably. He's like, come on, come on, give me that apartment. I want that apartment. I want it. Yeah, but then he can't make the money off of it. He's not going to well, charge his brother the same that he would charge you, I, I wouldn't think. No, but then he'd rent out the bottom, which is two bedrooms and ours is only one, even though I think ours is bigger. It's just a different uh -huh. type of layout. But he does have kids and they come over like he splits the time. Mm -hmm. They split. They split the time. But uh, so I guess he needs that second bedroom. But we have that loft area. And I can see him being the kind of guy who's like, I'll live in the loft. And the kids can <laughs> have bang the my broad up there. <laughs> but. Our landlord would be given up and this is absolutely insane, but he'd be giving up over forty thousand dollars a year by getting rid of us. Wow. Over a year we pay over thousand dollars it's like someone's salary i know i was thinking um like thinking about what i need or what i'm looking for in the future type of thing um i think about what if i just lived with my parents for just a year you know how and i just save that money i really it doesn't feel worth it because it's only be like twenty thousand dollars or something yeah, I'd have to do it for like two years. And I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a meaningful amount of money. It is, but I feel like it's not worth uh, sharing my space with my parents for two years. 
or one year. Two years, I think it'd be worth. Well, no, it's just not. A, <laughs> I think if I, if I were you with your 40,000, then it would be worth it. <laughs> well, I mean, one year, we, 40K, I got a down payment. Okay, I'm in. When you do the split, I mean, right, together, we would be saving 40,000. We split it based on percentages. Oh, you do? Meaning salary percentages. So I yeah. make more as the man. Oh. <laughs> the way it should be, because if she made more, I wouldn't be able to deal with it. Oh, it no, it's so emasculating. Yeah, I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't mm. care. <laughs> I know. You know, it's mainly because I'm older. That's why I'm making more. I'm not saying that the discrepancy doesn't exist. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying <laughs> if she and I were on equal playing field, she would probably be making more because I have the less drive. I'm like, oh, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. yeah. Money has never really been a motivator for me. Yeah. Um, and I look back at my career and I don't really, I wouldn't really change anything. Despite the fact there were times I was down to $1,800 with no actual job living in New York. I'm like, oh, I, the end is really close and I'm just in denial about it, I guess. It was pretty fucking crazy thinking yeah. back to that. It was like I was down to $1,800 and freelancing. And then I was offered that full-time job at, as the video producer. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. it. Really saved my ass. Yeah. And all just came together. When you said 1800 I really... Th- pictured 18,000 and then it took me a second to realize no you meant 1,800 yeah I moved to New York with $13,000 uh, that's didn't still have very job. low <laughs> I know I didn't have lot. a I didn't have a job uh-huh. but you know got the radio job pretty quickly and that $13,000 didn't dwindle too much because I was able to make at least enough mm-hmm. I wasn't able to save but I wasn't really dipping into savings and then once I lost that radio job those were the years of just whatever I'm freelancing but not really trying and spending way too much money and uh again it wasn't immediate but it was like a slow bleed over three years where like that number that thirteen thousand, just kept going down i actually think i got it up to around twenty thousand. the one good thing was tax return time when i owned that house in atlanta because i would get money back i was able to do write-offs and things um but anyway, that's that slowly drained until it got to eighteen hundred. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got like twenty year olds like I put fifty eight percent of my paycheck into my four hundred one k. I max it all out, and I've got a Roth going. And uh, I I I'm going to retire when I'm thirty eight. And I only make them sound like that because I'm jealous on some level. Yeah. How do but they do that a- though? How do they live? <laughs> That's the thing. You're sacrificing a bunch. Yeah. You're not really. It depends on what you want. Who gives a shit if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to go out and do things and be a fucking idiot for years. Sure. And if you want to carry those stupid years into your 30s, uh, some people want to be responsible from the start. And that's totally fine. I just, you know, the fact that I didn't have any meaningful contribution to a 401k until I was 37. <laughs> Same. Saying something. I have a couple scattered about from previous jobs like this one right. has 2200 this one has 3100 it's like okay <laughs> yeah. you know i think i have stuff. one that's like it's something like that like 1800 you know something like that and then my normal one but even my normal one is so small <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what am i gonna based, do you know i don't know it's all based on this idea that the market's going to show non-stop growth too and it's like it could 2008 <sighs> 
you know, yeah. 2008, it was a real thing for people who are about to retire. It's like, oh, yeah, your 401k depleted now. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, most people are like, it's okay. It's going to go back. It's like, sure, if you're young enough, yep. fine. But And who suffered? The people suffered. Nobody fucking else suffered. Everyone got bailed out. I got bailed out. No one really went to jail. Fuck them. I really do want to take out like. I want to take out my 401k and just put it in a high yield savings account. I mean, the 401k can get you more money. You're supposed to. I don't trust the gov. Well, the problem with banks. The problem with banks. And I know you're. I guess none of it's guaranteed like up to two hundred thousand dollars is insured and on the way it works with investment funds but the problem with the bank and again you're not anywhere near this nor am i i'm not right yeah but (laughs) if you do save up enough money and get over two hundred thousand dollars then it's not really the safest place to keep it because if there's some kind of collapse and that's part of the reason the banks got bailed out but i Mm -hmm. i you know we had to keep trust in our institutions and our finance and our banks and yeah it could have fucked people even more if these things failed, but uh, there still should have been like my thought. All the people who got the bad mortgages and sure, some people stopped paying them and Mm -hmm. there were hardships and maybe people weren't paying because they couldn't, not just because they were being assholes. Same with COVID. I feel like COVID, there were some people taking advantage of the fact that it's like, you can't be evicted. It's like, I'm just not going to pay my rent then. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, plenty of people couldn't actually lost their jobs and they couldn't afford it. It's like all the people Uh, that are refusing to pay their student loans. Yeah. Out of some sort of protest. It's like, well, you should also be pissed at the fucking schools over that. Oh, for sure. The the forgiveness of the loans. I I agree that you shouldn't be in that much debt for going to school, but also once you look at, once you turn on the fucking school, the school that charged you that much money to go get your dumb degree and learn from their scumbag. There you go. I got to use it. Yes. Professors. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Like the government should just say, I owe nothing. Well, the schools will still get their money somehow. If mm-hmm. the schools, that's, I think it's what angers me the most. If the government forgave the loans and turned to the schools and said, well, it doesn't matter because the schools already got their money. You're repaying the lenders. The lenders could claw back that money from the schools if the government said, we forgive all loans and the schools will be paying them. Then I'd be all for it. My point previously with the bank bailout, though, and the mortgages was people should have been given the money for their shitty mortgages. They had to use that money to pay off their mortgage. But then Mm -hmm. people were bailed out along with the fucking banks. So people got their houses. Yes. And then the banks got their money. But what had happened was the banks double dipped because they got bailed out and then kept fuck charging them. people for their fucking mortgages. Yeah, fuck them. The crappy mortgages they put together. Well, you, well, you should have known when you were signing it. You should have known that you couldn't afford. There's some truth to that. Like, there you're is. Responsible. You're responsible there is, for but yourself. The, 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 the sale... Uh, the, sort of the um, uh, not the sale, but the like indoctrination or like the brainwashing or whatever that we've had our whole lives about like owning your own home. And, you know, you can't ever accumulate wealth unless you own your own home and you're supposed to like a certain age. You should have owned your own. Ho- Shut up. Get out of here. If you can't afford it, then you can't afford it. 
I'm totally with you on that. Like people are fed this thing their whole yes. lives. So this is this is what you strive for. This is what you need to get. That's right. And when it when it is available, when it's put in front of you, it's like, oh, it's not as hard to get as I thought. And I can have that thing that's gonna show that I'm doing my life correctly. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like it is predatory. But again, you know, I didn't fully understand what I was getting into, but that's on me and I should have researched more. My parents did tell me like that that's weird. Zero down, two mortgages, an 80 and a 20. I was like, whatever, shut up. I'm going to buy this house. Right. And again, I wasn't wrong in my assessment that buying that house in that neighborhood at that time was a good investment. Mm -hmm. It was a mis bit misguided since I didn't want to stay there. I knew I wanted to move to New York. Yeah, because um, maybe staying there would have made it easier to be a landlord. Well, even if I'd stayed there, I would have lived in it. And then. Oh, I meant just stayed in uh, Georgia. Yeah. It certainly would have been easier because then you could have fixed things yourself. Like the things I could have small things like I'll just do that myself. It'll save me some money. Yeah. I can yeah. get there easily. And you're more connected with the property because you are there. I mean, not li physically living there. I mean, just like you're in town. You can go to it and see it and connect with it. And also, look, my plan was, I guess, two years. I was like, in two years, this house will gain value. Mm hmm. Which it probably did if everything didn't crash. God, I fucking hate the world. <laughs> but only in like the biggest way, you know, like these big way. I keep saying the macro is terrible. The micro is beautiful. Things, I think, individually, you know, interpersonal relationships, the little ups and downs that we're all going through. Like those things are are really nice and feel human. And the big picture stuff all just feels like such garbage bullshit. And then the micro micro is really gross. Then you get down to see all those mites that live <laughs> on you and those worms. And you have like the little wars they're having for territory over your skin, under your nails. Yeah. And your eyebrows <laughs> on your eyelashes. Yeah. And then you have that bacteria under your nails and then you like rub your eye. And now that bacteria is in your mucous membranes. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer not to think about that world. It's just as bad as the macro world. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're at time. I got to get ready for a meeting with this guy has been spamming everyone on the audio team. Oh, hey, yeah. I do. I do audio mixing. I, I would love to work with you. Hey, hey. And he just reaches out to every single person's email address. He can oh, find. wow. And, and I said, I'll meet with them. I'll talk to them. <laughs> so oh, gonna... good for you talk to this guy give him a chance he sounds like he's got spunk nah i mean I, there's no room to give him a chance at this point oh. but i'll at least talk to him so he doesn't feel ignored i've already told him that in email i was like hey we don't really have a need right now for right. additional help but i'll get to know you because if we ever need to bring someone on freelance then you know it's good to have a roster of people the guy that you told me to get in touch with hasn't reached out to me yet but uh, i felt like a real creep emailing him like hi a friend and then hi <laughs> I mean, I get it. That's weird. And I have no clue what that was about. I yeah. have no clue. It was like Tim Andrews reached out. He just wanted voice people. And uh -huh. if he hasn't responded, like you are just like, OK, no big deal. He hasn't written back. I felt kind of weird you know, writing an unsolicited email, but it wasn't completely unsolicited. Tim, on the other hand, is taking it personally. I guess he hated my demos. He thinks I suck. I don't oh, well, of course he does. I was like, we don't even know what this is. It was like a game of telephone where a person I know reached out to me and asked me if I knew anyone who could do VO work. And, yeah. Uh, he told me that he didn't really even know the person that well, but 
he knew that he had like an AI startup and had some real funding. So I was like, eh, maybe there could be some money. Who knows mm-hmm. what the fuck it is? Nobody knows what he needs voices for, but it doesn't hurt anything. No, not at all. Apparently hurts. It's so Tim's funny. Well, he feelings just, though. He's ridiculous. Because <laughs> he wrote, he wrote me the same day, like a few hours later, like three hours after he sent the email. He's like, well, I guess, uh, I guess that guy thinks I suck. <laughs> I didn't send any demo or anything. I was just like, hey, I would, I would like to know more about this project. Yeah, that's fine then. Who yeah. cares? Again, if you never hear from him, it doesn't change anything. If no, not do, at all. If you do, and he's got Poor some Tim. kind of money, that's so sad. Like his first reaction is like, I'm terrible. <laughs> I understand it though. No, I do That's too. I I, 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 I'm not saying that I didn't have a little pang of that because I keep checking my email for him to respond and he doesn't. I'm like, Ugh. but I don't then take it so personal. Well, tell Tim, go text him and say he hasn't responded to me either. And I'm, I'm like, really awesome. Better. So you know that he's just not responding. <laughs> yeah. Make him feel better. Okay. All right. Bless his heart. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, That's it. Love you. Bye.